I can't get a break in life. I hate that damn mentality, but I can't get a break. You aren't given any breaks in life. You make them for yourself. We are all being tested in life. While my test is different than yours, you will be tested. And how you face that test and how you overcome that test determines the rest of your life. The one mentality that you must have in life is that regardless of what's in front of you, you still must grind. I'll never be in the Olympics. I'll never be a professional athlete, but still I grind. I fail at most things I do, but still I grind. I don't want to do half the shit I do, but still I grind. And that one day, you see me down a dark alley, running at one o'clock in the morning, no one thing. I was grinding. Stay hard. I call that my 40% rule. And our mind wants to protect us. It has a tactical advantage over us. It knows our deepest, darkest fears or insecurities. It knows where we start to feel, uh, we start getting that doubt creeping. It says, hey man, you know what, man? Maybe this isn't good. Let's go back home to the wife. Let's go back home to the kids. This is not comfortable. So in that moment, the mind directs us. It's a protective mechanism. It saves us for doing bodily harm or it really saves us from discovering that the mind's like, I want to be in charge of you. I don't want you to be in charge of me. So it tells you, let's just stop right here. But once you start breaking through that barrier and start breaking down that governor, the governor that you've put in your mind, because we forget we are in control of our mind. We believe it's the other way around. No, we put in our minds what we should do but we believe our mind is telling us, it's, it's giving us all this feedback. We have to reprogram it and tell us, no, 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 we're good. We're good, we got, it's, this sucks, but it's okay. Like I always say, this message isn't for everybody. Some of you are so weak, just being in your very presence can make a man go impotent. I put a video up of some feet, 10 second video. And you all got so much to say about it. This and that. Is this the message you really want to put out there, Goggins? Yeah, that's the message I want to put out there. That's what effort looks like. Life ain't gonna always hand you some nice cream pie. Stay hard. Once you transform yourself, and even though I'm still, I'm not running from myself, I'm constantly facing myself. I'm constantly battling myself. I'm not running from them anymore. I used to, but now I'm constantly battling them. So now what happens is once you get to a point in your life where you're able to be on a podcast or be on a TV show and tell everybody how jacked up you are, I will answer any question you want about me. Anything I did, anything bad, good, ugly, I will tell you. When you get to that point in your life, that's where your real journey begins. And you no longer have to have a, a small victory to keep you going. You now realize what your purpose in life is. And you realize, oh, this is just part of it. But at first, you need all these different tactics to keep you going, because you haven't figured it out yet. Once you figure out that you're in a race amongst billions of people that live in this world, you're in a race by yourself. You have a purpose, and it's your purpose, not everybody else's purpose. It is your purpose, and only your purpose, and it's your race. So then you're like, hey man, I'm doing my thing. I'm doing the best of my ability. What's next? There's no longer these small increments to get through life. 
because once you figure out why you're here, it just becomes a process. When I got through with that first 100 mile race that I did around that one mile track that I didn't prepare for, and I was, it was horrible. And I'll never forget, I found such peace and beauty. I was in the worst pain of my life. And I got done and my wife pulled the car up on this little lawn and I got in the back of it. And I got up the stairs. I remember laying in the tub and I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm jackhammering and my body is just the most broken it's ever been, even to this day. And this feeling came over me. Call it crazy if you want, but very few people, I guarantee, have ever felt this before, to push themselves so far outside of what they thought was even possible, even for me. I laid in that tub and I didn't want it to go away. I had drained myself of every bit of strength, energy I had. And it was the best feeling I had in my life. All that pain, it was, it was confirmation. It was confirmation that I had gone through a crucible and I had figured out another level of David Goggins, a level that I thought was humanly impossible for anybody to do. When I was at mile 70 and pissed all over myself and had 30 more miles to go and I was damn near dead and I was able to go 31 more miles. In that process of the next 31 more miles, I found out more about myself in that 31 miles than I ever have in my entire life. The conversations, the mental blocks, the roadblocks, the everything horrible. It was just feeding at me like light speed. But I was able to figure out different tactics. And when I finally got done with that and I laid in that tub and it was over, the feeling of, my God, man, you just really discovered a whole new world, a whole new part of the brain that guaranteed very few people have. So it's a, it's a feeling I can't even describe. I honestly want to be considered one of the hardest men to walk the planet Earth in the history of the world. And what I mean by hard, I'm not talking about the guy who does the most pull-ups, the most sit-ups, runs the most. Just a person who's able to overcome any adversity in front of him, to figure out a way. Hardness isn't about all this physical, man. Yeah, it helped me get to where I'm at. But all I was doing in the whole process, the process wouldn't be ripped. It wouldn't walk around with my shirt off. That wasn't it. I knew through the physical challenges, through the physical suffering, my mind was getting stronger. I was literally doing that for a reason. I had a weak mind. All the rest just happened to come with it. I was trying to strengthen the mind to handle all the judgment that's passed on me, perceived and, and not. Sometimes you make it up in your own head. I just want to be able to handle all of that, everything, physical, mental. I want to be perceived as that, like an old school barbarian, an old school guy that's like, God, dog, man, nothing can hurt the guy, which is why the book is titled, Can't Hurt Me. I want people to have that mantra in their life. Take that with you. Take it everywhere you go in life. And if you believe that and you work towards that, callous in your mind, strengthen yourself, can't hurt me is strong. I'm really good at creating an enemy. I'm really good at creating something that I'm against. And I'm also good at if you ever tell me something that I cannot do, I'm going to let you know that I'm doing it. One way or another, it may not be like in your face, 
I may make sure that I run across the daggone world. So then it's on the news and you turn the news on and say, how the hell? <laughs> I want to do something that you know I'm here. I'm here. So that three months was packed full of like failures, depression, even more. But what I found out in that whole three months, I lived a lifetime. In that three months, I started realizing if I can flip, if I can flip these insecurities upside down, if I can flip all this that made me this depressed, insecure guy, if I can flip it and make it work for me versus against me, I started seeing the power, the power in failure, the power in insecurity, the power in self-doubt. Because I looked at everybody being way above me. I thought to myself, if I can be at the lowest part in the world, in the sewer, and be able to overcome all this, I started using that as power. And I slowly started passing the guys from Harvard, the guys from MIT, the guys who were these great, from great families. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm catching up. I'm catching up. I had nothing. So I started flipping it and using this power. Every morning I wake up, I believe in winning the battle against yourself. People say, why do you say that? Because there's a lot of things you can control. When you wake up, I talk about making your bed. Make your bed, make sure your house is clean, make sure you get your breakfast, make sure you shower, shave, whatever you're doing, control that. Don't hit the snooze button. All these things are very important. That's been told a lot of times. Why don't you hit this news button? Because you wake up already failing. So what happens when you hit this news button? You may not make your bed. You may not do your hair the way you want it. You may not pick the right clothes out in the morning time. And remember how you had a job interview for a job? We've had several of them in our lives. What did you do the night before that job, weeks before the job interview? You knew you had it. You prepared your bowl out for your oatmeal, your cereal, whatever you had in the morning time. Your coffee cup was out. Your clothes were laid out. You studied, you rehearsed, you were ready. You brought your best self. You're going to war with yourself because you wanted that interviewer to see your best self. You won, you got the job. After a few months in that job, you look around, hmm, I got the job. You start to back off, the clothes aren't out. You're not ready, you're hitting the snooze button. You don't get up on time anymore. You realize that you can still have this job and not be your best self. The interview you is gone. Your job is gone. You have your job, but the interview you is gone. So winning the battle in the morning time is just that. It's that you wake up in the morning time and you own all this stuff. Because once you leave your house, the world then gets at you. And that's why I believe in not, not getting up in the morning time and checking your phone immediately. Everybody does that. They get up, the first thing they do is they grab their phone. Look at the phone. Maybe bad news on there. So how's your day start off? I don't go to the gym. I don't make my bed. I don't, you're caught up now on that phone. That's how your day starts. You lost control. So once you win that, once you win that battle in the morning time, then once you go out, now you've won. You go outside your house, you may lose your job. You may have a bad hit, but you won something. So you're going into battle having already won something haven't already won. So then if you hit the snooze button, you go out, you're just defeated already. You're behind the power curve. Now you've won something. You feel better about yourself. So now you're able to take these hits along the way. So that's the mindset that I think it's important to bring with you every day you go, everywhere you go in life. I want to find more, all I can. And in that sack of shit, you have to dive in that to find more. Because if you're not willing to go in there and face yourself, and I can find anything. You can live right here on surface, man, right here on surface. So if there is an ending to this world and there is somewhere to go and there's a judgment, 
You're going to get there and you might see a chart. And that chart may tell you who you should have been. And now you get the rest of your life to think about that. Man, I could have lived a much better life if I just would have just suffered a little bit more and realized I had so much more. But fear and the 40% and living here versus living here, being afraid, stop me. I'm a big guy in visualizing. I'm a big guy in making a world, it may not exist. To me, it does. To me, it does. And I'm overpowering myself every day. And you gotta find tools to do that. That's a tool that I use. I'm a big believer in doing something that sucks every single day of your life. I believe it's a key component and to strengthen your mind. Every day you're trying to find more of what you're capable of. And that's the big question. What are you capable of? Stop doing the things that you do every day. Run every day. Go swim. I'm not a big tire flipper. But uh, flipping a tire for a mile, it'll definitely build something. So I'm all about cows in the mine. Do something that sucks. You have to really be honest with yourself. And the one thing I was very fearful of was being honest with myself. I was the world's best liar. You had to go back into that nasty past of your life to fix it. You have to be willing to talk about your past. I'm not saying on the platform that I'm doing it on, but I'm saying that you have to own it. And until you own your past and own the fact that no, a lot of your past didn't come from you. A lot of past may come from your mom, your dad. You may have a drug addiction, alcohol addiction. You may have been sexually abused, mentally abused, physically abused, whatever it comes from, bullied, whatever. It's now yours, man. No one's coming to help you. You know, No one's coming to save you. It is now yours to own, and you have to find the courage to face that. That's why I talk so much about the past, and you have to stop being afraid of what other people think about you. Stop being afraid of being judged. Stop being afraid of what people are gonna think about you once they know who you are, know where you come from, know what you've struggled with, know, know your journey. So get ready to board my plane yesterday. And this NFL football player comes up to me. He goes, guy, he's gonna ask you a question. How do you keep that dog mentality? I said, let me ask you a question. When you were younger, what did you want to be? He said, an NFL football player. But once I got there, I lost that dog mentality. He had a finish line in his brain. Guess what? A true dog mentality? I have a dog at home. He never gets full. It's not enough you made to the NFL. It's not enough you ran a 5K. Win a 10K. It's not enough you became a doctor. Be a better doctor. It's not enough you lost 50 pounds. Go out there and do something with it. Guess what? It's 109 out here, but guess what? It's not enough. Stay hard. And at that time, at mile 81, something clicked that I'll never probably be able to do again when my mind, body, spirit, soul, everything just connected. And my mind knew I wasn't going to quit. It knew that guy was dead and buried and gone. And I was gonna die out here on this while I'm out for, for whatever reason why, I didn't give a damn. There was no crowds, there was no trophy at the end. There was, I wasn't even in a race in my mind. There was, it was nothing. It wasn't about nothing. There was no nothing. It was a bunch of people who didn't know who I was. And it was me against me. 
and I used all these different dark places to start bringing out light and just going deeper and deeper. Ended up running the next 20 miles, I ran 101 miles, and I ran the next 20 miles, ran, at about a 10.30 pace. Around 16 years ago today, I was graduating Navy SEAL training. I was pulling off, I thought it was impossible. I went to a recruiter's office, weighing 300 pounds, low self-esteem, trying to figure out how am I gonna find self-esteem in myself? I said, if I graduate SEAL training, I may start the process of doing that. Went there, had to lose 100 pounds really fast. So my idea was to go out and run four miles the next day as fast as I can to start losing weight. I got to a quarter of a mile and walked home. I realized that all those insecurities, when things got hard for me, those insecurities came back. I had to do a live autopsy on myself to figure out what was causing these insecurities to constantly come back, constantly roost in my head, constantly dominating my every thought. Every time something got bad, every time something got hard, these things would always come back and haunt me. I had to figure it out and overcome it. It's hard for me to respect people who are able to come into that world and leave. And people wonder, why am I not achieving more? It's because once we achieve something, we celebrate for a long years. And we wonder, why don't I have drive anymore? Where's it all at? If you don't develop a routine of suffering, and suffering is not like go out and kill yourself every day, it's being uncomfortable. That keeps you hungry every day. If you live in your victories for so long and say, I'm gonna go challenge myself for 30 days or for two weeks or run this one marathon, and it ends, I did one marathon. Okay, that's why it leaves you. It leaves you because you haven't set up the next obstacle. Obstacles is how you grow. You must continue to have friction. Friction is where growth is at. With no friction, there's no growth. When you really sit back at your life and you're in that dark room and you're looking at where you started from and you tell yourself, God, dog, man, my mom is this way. My student stepdad got murdered. I can't read and write to save my soul. I've lied about it to everybody. I've cheated on all these tests. My God, man. And then you put a goal in your mind. How are you going to feel, man, when you accomplish this goal coming from that Coming from the hell you came from. A lot of people start from a good starting point. They have a good foundation. If everybody who was way up here started up here, and you had, you started with no legs. You had to grow legs to even start walking, and then crawling, and then running. And then you start passing people and all this given to them. I had to use all this that was making me weak and horrible as a person. I had to use this as the power that now fueled me. I had to flip it on his head and say, hold up. This might be exactly what I need. The darkness is exactly what I need. It's how you look at your situation. Well, there's something that I invented a long time ago. And when you have nothing to draw from, I was able to find strength in every molecule of this earth. I'm able to be in a room with nothing, with no motivation, no inspiration, nothing, and find it. So what I did in those situations was I invented this thing called taking souls. When everybody's all fucked up and you're exhausted and you're weak and you're tired and you're looking around and everybody looks as bad as you or even worse. I'm like, you know what? I want to now make a statement. 
to make a statement to let you know where your life ends and mine begins. And so the statement there is, I muster up every bit of strength from their looks on their faces and how they feel and how I'm going to now, from my childhood, where I came from, how I was the bottom of the barrel, I'm now amongst all these uncommon people. I'm now going to now make you feel like you're common. So I use their sadness, their weakness, their parts of their life where, God, this sucks. I'm like all poopy pants and messed up. I use that for my strength. And I have this moment of like, let's say we're in the sand, we're running or whatever. I will do a surge. I will do something. Everybody's like, how is he doing this? And from that, that look on their face, that feeling of, God, man, this guy must be something, something special. It then surges me further and further and faster and harder for a long time. So energy's everywhere. But the thing is, it's so loud. That voice in your head of pain and suffering and discomfort and I don't want to do this is so loud that you're unable to really calm it down and say, okay, there's something here. It's a patient calm that you have to bring yourself to. I know I have something here, but that voice is so powerful that it just wants you just to, let's leave. We're done. We're done. It's, it spazzes you out and you want to go versus saying, let's take a second. Hang on. Before we spaz the fuck out, hang on. And in that moment, you can think clearly and find that strength out there for you. Mediocrity is everywhere right now. And we're all trying to find an easy way out. And we're judging ourselves. Let's say there's 10 people in this room and we're all mediocre. But I'm the best of the mediocre people. I now think I'm great. We surround ourselves around people that make us feel great. They tell us what we want to hear. The second we put ourselves amongst the uncommon people, we don't like that feeling, that challenging feeling that, of that person who's waking up at 3.30 in the morning and saying, hey, we're going for a run. We don't like that challenge. We like that person who says, hey, you know what, man, I don't feel good today, man. And they say, oh, it's okay, brother. Take the day off, man. We'll get a pizza and watch the game. We like that. We love that feeling. Why? Because you understand, man, we're good, bro. We don't want that person who's constantly challenging our weaknesses. We want that person who's constantly, you know, making us feel nice and good and secure in ours. That's the mediocrity of life. We want to be the best amongst the average people. People wonder, how do you stay hungry all the time? Because after I accomplish something, I don't sit back like a lot of guys who graduate buds, graduate this, graduate that. They get comfortable. They wonder why I'm getting weak, man. I don't know, I lost my edge. What's going on? Because once you hit the top of the mountain, guess what happened? I'm good. I'm good, so you wonder why you're falling down now. Because once you hit the top of the mountain, you got to build another one. That's mediocrity. There's a lot of people in mediocrity who have a nice resume, but they're one-timers, man. They hit, they hit a one-time deal, they busted it open, got a lot of money, but they're good. You're mediocre now, man. What are you doing today, tomorrow, the next day? That's why I'm listening to theorists. I listen to them who's like this, man. What's wrong, man? I'm tired, dude. Why are you tired? Because whenever that made me nauseous and sick to my stomach, it made me hurt. There's no ending. And that's the person I listen to. That's the person who's gained knowledge. You gain knowledge through suffering. And on the other end of suffering is a world that very few very few have ever seen. It's a beautiful world because that's where you find yourself. 
you'll find yourself in over here. You find yourself on the other end, like the 100 mile race I was on, I ran it for 24 hours. I found myself on the other end of that race. That 19 hours, I found, wow, there's a whole nother world out here that I've never even saw, but the world's in your mind. And that's what all that mediocrity is about. Mediocrity is contagious. If you walk into any kind of event, whether it be physical or mental, if you walk in with already putting that block on your mind, if man, this ain't gonna happen, people go, how did you run 135 miles to death badness? How did you run 100 miles with no training? Because I went into it not thinking, I can't do this, man. I went into it with a strategy. I have an open-mindedness. So until your mind is open to the possibilities that I can do this, you would never be able to do it. Once the mind starts to believe it can be achieved, it then, only then, does it start to break down tactically how we can do this. Until then, you're gonna always lose. No matter what avenue I choose in life as far as attacking things, I wanna be the very best. And the very best may not be I'm number one. The very best is did I leave everything inside of me out there. So attacking is not like, oh, I wanna win this or win that or be the best. The best is I'm running against myself in everything I do. And that's what I attack. I attack myself. I'm always questioning myself. I'm always holding myself accountable. So the accountability mirror is something that I came up with in high school. I got caught up in trying to impress so many people because no one liked me. So I developed so many different identities. Let me talk this way or act this way or be this way or, or whatever the hell it may be. God, dog, so many different things I did to try to fit in with so many different groups. When you look in the mirror, that's the one person you can't lie to. So every morning I would shave my head thinking, God, I would reflect back on some of the lies I may have told somebody or some of the ways I acted that I didn't feel comfortable doing. And I did it to impress other normal people. The key word there is normal, everyday people. I was trying to make other people like me. How pathetic is that? So this mirror would always tell me, my reflection would say, God, you are a pathetic man. How does that feel every day to be this way? So I would just start having myself accountable. How did I attack today? How did I attack yesterday? And if I didn't do something I was proud of, I'd write down a sticky note and I would fix it. So then my senior year in high school, it was a totally different day to God. In that list of who you are, what makes you up, all these other things, it goes back to once again, accepting. You have to first accept it before you can fix it. A lot of people walk around, oh man, I'm good. No, you're not. You have to accept what you're not. And people don't want to do that. And that's the only way you can fix it. You have to accept it first before you can go on the journey. A lot of folks never even start the journey, man. They never start the journey because they live in this fake life that who they want to be, they act like they are, but they're not because they haven't fixed all this stuff yet. You got to fix this first before we can start our journey in life. So that's why I have them make this list. You fix these problems, now your journey can begin because you no longer care about how people are judging you. When you care more about how someone's judging you, you're gonna stay right there. There's no forward momentum. It was amazing because in the first Hell Week, I was still 
doubting myself because these guys come from the academy. A lot of them come from really good families. They come from a, a lot better. I mean, I had to earn my way just to get in the Navy, let alone be a SEAL. And now I'm going for the best. So my self-esteem, even though I was building it up and I lost weight and stuff like that, I'm now around the most uncommon of uncommon people. And I'm like, my God, I'm here. And I belong here. So your, your mind has a good way of taking the path of least resistance. Whenever friction happens, friction causes growth. Whenever friction happens, that's why a lot of us don't have any growth because when friction happens, we go the opposite direction. So in my mind, when friction happened, my mind said, you're not real. You've lied your whole life. You come from this, you can barely read. So whenever times got hard, my mind said, you're not good enough, let's go. So my eyes, my mind weren't connecting. I started going back through my mind and realizing one thing. We were building bigger, stronger, faster quitters. Why is that? If you don't work on the one thing, the most powerful weapon in the world is your mind. Whether it be physical pain or mental pain, we all have to start from zero with pain. And what that means is, if you don't go back, we all have something that bothers us. Everybody in this world is insecure about something. Something like whether it be your family, your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, your wife, your husband, your kids, something has messed you up. And whenever you're in physical pain, even though you might not be thinking about that mental stuff that happened to you, your mind is thinking about it. All these dungeons that we've created, all these trap doors that our life has created, most of the time we quit is because we don't have any mental tools to get us through the other side. So my whole thing for people is you have to examine why are you doing it in the first place? It's always comfortable to sit there, you're watching the Navy SEAL show, Discovery Channel, you're in a 72 degree house, you have your lemonade, your yeah. milkshake, whatever, you're like, I can do that. You're comfortable. The second you get out there in that environment where it's 40 degrees, like in my third hill, you know, we had a guy die. You have to really want whatever you're going for. If not, all these questions that come up, like you said, how do you go one more step further? Your mind's gonna ask you all these questions. How can you go one more step further? If you don't have the answers to that, and I can't get them to you, you have to know why am I here? For me, when I was going through SEAL training, I was willing to die. So all these negative questions that kept on coming up in my head, I had the answer for them. It's those people that don't have the answer for those negative questions. And if you can't answer those questions, you will quit. You will quit. Yeah, that was a moment for me, the VFW, where I got the Americanism Award. I got choked up, teared up. And what happened was all this stuff that you all have heard about my life growing up, it's at the surface. That's real, you know? And at that moment, it flashed through my head about the journey I had to go through to get to that point to do that. And along that journey, I figured out myself. The biggest trophy that I ever got in my entire life was me. Was really figuring out me. And when I was up on that stage, I realized that. I realized it's not about money. It's not about fame. It's not about being accepted by your peers and everybody else. It's about figuring out who I am and being happy with who I am. Even though I'm going to be judged for all these things, you got to put a middle finger up to everybody and say, this is David Goggins. 
And to get to that point, it felt great. I can't like stop reading. I won't be able to read tomorrow. I will lose it that fast. You know, I cannot stop going to the gym. My mind is set up in a spot where, hey, the second I stop, it wants to stop because I had a quitting mind growing up. When you get beat all the time, your mind wants to go to that nice spot where you're comforted, where you're not trying. It doesn't want to think. You have all these things in the mind and, and the mind can only absorb so much. So all the pain that has to go through, it wants to push it away and say, let's not do that. So every day I'm fighting where the mind wants to go. It's a constant evolution, man. I've never arrived. That's right now, I'm stressing out two, three hours. Every, I'm, I'm trying to reinvent the wheel. I'm like, oh man, I went through Navy SEAL training. I ran over 7,000 miles in 2007. I did pull-up records. Now that the mind is so strong, that the body catch the mind. So that's now where I'm at. So I'm always trying to reinvent the wheel and see what I'm capable of next.